Every day, you're hustling, working hard, keeping up at home, and somewhere in there. You try to have some fun. You need to make the most of the little time you have for a social life. And that's where they come in. Chuck, Justin, and Josh want to help you discover all of the ways you can have a great time in Northeast Wisconsin. You're living in the new. And they are too. Discover nightlife, food, and events to make your life here better on the Living in the New podcast. Well, it's Sunday evening. Uh, rain has been passing through, and I think it's appropriate to have uh, the end of mile five of Mile of Music come with a bit of rain. Uh, not nearly as much rain happened throughout the weekend as had been first feared, uh, so that was good. Did have a bit of delay on a stage or two here and there, but nothing too major. It's Josh, it's Justin. We're here from Living in the New Podcast giving you our mile five recap. Justin, did you get caught in the rain at all? I did not. Good. No. Good. Did you? Uh, I caught a raindrop or two, but nothing that what I would even describe as being caught in the rain. So I felt pretty fortunate that mm-hmm. way. A couple shows did get delayed. Um, some things had to move around, particularly on Thursday when there was a lot more rain. Um, but even by Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I don't think they had to move a single show. So uh, dodge that weather bullet. Yeah, that's, which is surprising with all the forecasts that were calling for rain. Um, and as you said that, I forgot that it started Thursday. So there was <laughs> there was even another day aside from just this weekend, which all I was thinking about was the weekend. Just to give you some perspective, I did not go out on Thursday. I skipped Thursday. I came home. I was responsible, did laundry and meal prep and things like that. And yet... Over the course of the weekend, I was keeping track of a show. If I listened to one song of a show, I logged it in my little list, and I just added up the totals, and in just Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I saw 56 different performances. Some some were repeats as far as the the act, right? So I saw a couple bands more than once, uh, but 56 different performances that I witnessed at some point um, in three days. And I don't know that you could say that about another music festival Mm -hmm. in the country, Mm -hmm. that you could do something like that. Yeah, that's pretty pretty amazing to think that there's actually that many choices to, to... stumble upon, latch on to your favorite groups, and then even follow them around if you want to. I mean, it exactly. so, sounds different at every every venue. Yeah, I was talking to a friend who said, I just saw these guys Sunday morning, but they're playing a completely different set later, so I'm going to see them again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what happens at this festival. You can do that. And the, the bands build a relationship with the audience mm-hmm. here, uh, those that bands that come back over and over. Uh, and you definitely see that building now as we're into the fifth mile. Uh, so we just want to run down a few of the favorite bands that we saw and some of our favorite venues, uh, some of the things that were new this year and how we think that went over. And we want to know what you think as well. So send us an email, livinginthenew at gmail.com or get after us on Facebook or Twitter at livinginthenew. Uh, Justin, let's start it out with the bands that we liked. And I think any conversation of Mile of Music at least in this era of the festival's history, will have to begin with Wild Adriatic. Yes, I agree. Yeah, uh, this was your first time seeing them. Yes, yes. Uh, what do you think? Amazing. Uh, not only great artists, they're, they're showmen. Like I was telling you, they put on a great show. I feel like they could be anywhere, e- even in your living room, and just shock everybody. Yeah. There, there's just really, really friendly guys. Mm-hmm. I had a chance to talk to some of the members um, over the course of the festival, and they... Now, a skeptic could try and say they're faking this, and oh, they do that everywhere. 
I don't know how you would fake the authenticity and kindness that I got from these guys specifically, but from many of the other bands. They genuinely want to meet you. They genuinely want to know you. They tell you their story. They'll answer your questions. I lost track of how many pictures I saw on Facebook these guys had posed for. I mean, it's funny, and I wonder if there's a bit of ego flattery that goes on there, right? They come here yeah. and they're the celebrities mm-hmm, that right. I'd imagine if they're walking down the streets of New York City, that's probably not happening to them. Right, and that's the other thing is they're from New York and they're so nice. Yeah, they love it here. They absolutely love it. They really do care about the fans. I was uh, giving the guys a hard time. I said, I'm just going to call them Appleton's official house band. There you go. Because they're here so often. They love it here. Um, even rumors that they may be looking at relocating here. Mm. Uh, so there's something to keep an eye on for. Some some inside information for all you living in the new listeners. Uh, but while Adriatic makes a great impression, they play a ton throughout the festival and they'll certainly be back soon. So if you haven't had a chance to see Wild Adriatic, you'll have a chance again and you'll know what all the fuss is about because they are phenomenal. Um, Justin, you and I did have a chance to see Maybe April. Hmm. Uh, This is another group that I had a chance to talk to a little bit uh, at the festival. A sort of a country Americana trio, uh, three young women uh, out of Nashville. And we got a chance to see them on Saturday and that was a pretty great show. It was, it really was. I like that kind of music where you can just walk in somewhere. It's not too heavy. It was it was good background music, but I'm sure it was great in the foreground as well if right. you were right up there. Because we were hanging back a little bit. Yep. It, was, it was pretty packed in there. Yeah, this band provides an interesting opportunity to examine a little bit the dynamic relationship between artist and venue, mm. right? So we saw them at Jim's Place, which is a long, narrow venue. The way they set it up is the band is way at the back. There's even like a little, almost a divider-ish half wall thing and everybody behind that wall is focused on the band everybody on the other side of that wall is out at the bar and you actually get a bit of uh, noise Mm -hmm. uh, the talking that's going on at some of these places when they are so long and narrow there's a lot of people in the venue that are not paying attention to the act at all they're there to be at the bar yeah yeah well, let's take a listen to a sample from Maybe April, uh, and you tell us what you think. Do you like Maybe April, and what kind of venue would you like to see them in? Because they played all kinds of them. So just take a listen here. This is Maybe April. Because it seems like I got to drag love out of you. You don't get to choose anymore. Because I'm not waiting around for you to grow up, for you to show up and fight for me. That was maybe April, and uh, I want to know what you think. They've got a soulful sound. It's that Americana, kind of roots feel. Uh, They don't like to describe themselves as country, Hmm. uh, but they played bars. They also played coffee shops, and they packed both. Where do you think you'd want to see them? Would you want to see them at a bar, would you want to see them at a coffee shop? I think the type of venue you're at really does change the feeling of Mm -hmm. a performance, uh, Mm -hmm. depending where you're at in your day, in your mind, right? The group you're with. Yeah. All those things play a big difference, and um, that's where Milo Music is so unique in having dozens and dozens of Mm -hmm. different venues and hundreds and hundreds of different performers. You can find almost anything you're looking for. Yeah, I think it would be neat if we got a chance to see every band in an outdoor venue and then also an indoor venue. Oh, sure. Yeah, kind of see the the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, uh, one of the other bands that we got to see was Reality Something. Uh, We saw them at the bar, a female lead singer, and they just, like so many of the bands I had never heard of before I see them at the mile, 
They just rock hard. Right. There's so many bands like that. The Hawkeyes I saw were like that. They just rock hard. The Jag I saw that's like that. Just like in your face mm-hmm. rock band. Mm-hmm. And that is so not the kind of music I'd want to listen to while driving. Right. Or while sitting in my living room. Right. But you put me in the right venue, and I just want them to rock my face off. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they did it. Reality, <laughs> reality something was really something. Yeah, well put. <laughs> <laughs> Another band that I heard a lot about from people was Fast Romantics. Mm. And so let's take just a little listen to Fast Romantics. Everybody's trying to see your heart. That was Fast Romantics. They made quite a splash in their performances at Mile 5. Just in Sunday alone, I got three different people at three different places to walk up to me and tell me how much they loved Fast Romantics. Did you get a chance to see them? I did not, See, so this is going to go down as our, like, missed opportunity of Mile 5. We're going to have to watch for them when they come back. Um, Given the impression that they made, I am sure they will be back. Mm, Uh, So we'll have to talk to festival organizers and make sure they're back at some point because I heard... Great things. They did have a lot of shows. I just didn't happen to make it to any of them. Um, or maybe I did. I'll have to check yeah, my yeah. list. And maybe <laughs> I did actually see them and don't remember. Because uh, that's also possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hope they follow in the footsteps of another band I want to just add on here before we move on to venues, which is Swear and Shake. Uh, I want to give you just a little bit of a sound from Swear and Shake. This is my all-time favorite discovery from five years of Mile of Music. This is Swear and Shake out of Nashville. Take the good part, save the rest on the floor Go our separate ways You don't know How hard I try to be the stronger one When all along your true intention showed That was Swear and Shake uh, they performed at mile five. They've been at every mile except mile four hmm. when they were uh, promoting a new album. Uh, but they've also played New Year's Eve shows multiple times. Um, and I've actually gotten to be personal friends with the members of the band. And I was so excited that they were going to be back here for mile five. Um, and they are, again, they've got a new album out recently. And so they're playing some new, some old. Um, but they, I can see over the years, how they have honed their show, mm, right? They've right. got the same number they use to do the introduction, and then, and then they do the this one, and this is going to be their out, and there's the little piano segment, and then Adam switches over to the guitar, and they've got their show tight. Right, it's a show. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yep. And you can see, again, the cool thing about having so many different performers in such a small time and physical space is you can see that difference. Mm-hmm. You can see how different Who's well band. put together. Yeah. Who's not. Yep. Early in their career, late in their career. Right. right? Uh, Wild Adriatic said they were on the, on the road 230 days last year wow. performing. Swear and Shake, they are going from here to Chicago. From Chicago, they're going to be in Michigan, then they're going to Indiana, then they're going to Ohio. Like, this is what they do. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is what they do. I actually saw a Facebook post that Carrie made. She's the lead singer of Swear and Shake. That uh, It was totally a human moment on Facebook. She's like, I was two days late paying my rent, and now my landlord <laughs> wants me to pay a late fee. Am I alone in thinking this is unreasonable? And it was just so funny to think about. 
like the front, the lead singer for this band I love, and she's worried about her late rent payment. Right, right. She's <laughs> probably on the road and didn't yeah, even think exactly. about it. Yep. Like, when was the last time you were even at that yeah. apartment? Do you need to keep that apartment? <laughs> <laughs> so many of the bands that come up here are coming out of Nashville. Uh, Nashville certainly has long, long been the place to go to launch that music career, particularly in that Americana, right. rock, roots, folk genre. Uh, not necessarily the, the mecca for R&B, perhaps, and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and even Milo Music. Not a whole lot of R&B. They've tried bringing a little bit in and dabbling. I wonder if they'll continue expanding or m- tighten in on exactly what they're trying to be and leave the hip-hop and funk to some other things. Uh, but interesting to think about the different... Uh, artists that are there. And uh, Justin, if there was like a dream artist, like a, and I'm thinking unrealistically, right? Money's no object. If there was an artist you'd love to see play the mile, who would it be? Oh, wow. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen a group called Roster McCabe. They're from Chicago. Okay. Um, they kind of have a, a reggae funk, mm. kind of like unity band. Okay. So a little bit of that reggae island feel, another genre that there's not a lot of yeah. at Mile, but would fit, I think, mm-hmm. within that sort of folk roots Americana rock tradition that is what this festival is known for. Definitely. Uh, there's long been talk of getting like a, a Willie Nelson or a Paul Simon or a, a James Taylor hmm. to try and fill like the Banta Bowl, mm-hmm. sell like 5,000 wow. tickets for something like that. That's been talked about. Um, but it, it brings to mind talk of new and dynamic venues. And this year at Mile 5, there were a few new venues. Uh, and uh, one of them was Washington Square. The reason they had to expand the number of large-scale indoor and outdoor venues was because Jones Park is closed for construction related to the Exhibition Center in downtown Appleton. That project is slated to be wrapping up. Uh, late this fall, uh, but all of that's still going on. So next summer, Jones Park will be back in action, bigger and better than ever, connected to an exhibition center, which I can only imagine will be integrated into the festival in many different ways. I'm so excited to think about how that's going to create new possibilities. But for mile five, I'll remember it for this Washington Square venue, which I think should be coming back. Definitely. Uh, We saw several shows in this Washington Square venue. Um, You're protected on three sides Mm -hmm. by tall buildings, Mm -hmm. and the street you're on is very little traffic. Right. So it's actually a nice, protected, safe, good-sounding outdoor Mm -hmm. venue. Yeah. And what would you estimate crowds there? I mean, in the thousands, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, It's. I mean, that's a big area. Even if you're not in the fenced-in part, you're on the sidewalk or the alley that leads behind um, the the little mall there. Right. Well, one of the three sides that is covered is covered by a parking ramp. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I know people were watching from the parking ramp. Now, mm. unfortunately, that parking ramp is going away and mm. will not be mm. replaced. But there's I've seen that with Houdini Plaza, too, that people will watch from the parking ramp that's to the west of the plaza. Uh, so different ways to appreciate that. But as you said, uh, lots of room there. Uh, there was a food tent. There was the beer tent. Two food trucks. Two food trucks. Lots of porta-potties. Uh, I mean, as far as being able to handle 3,000 people, mm-hmm. right? You could pack that pretty tightly. And there's a gentle upgrade away from the stage upgrade, as in the the, the ground rises, right? right? There's a grade mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. away from the stage that gives it almost like a mini amphitheater feel. Yeah, definitely. It, it's. I think it was a great one. Another new venue this year was Outer Edge. Now, they've used Outer Edge in limited capacities in the past. They've, they had to upgrade the sprinkler system to expand on the capacity. They still have not gotten it to the level they want to get it, so the numbers aren't as high as they'd like for that venue. Uh, but we saw a couple of good 
shows there. Definitely, yeah. That was, it took me by surprise. I mean, it does look like a, a acoustically suitable place. I mean, churches that shape usually are. Right. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of a lot of good acts came through that we saw, and it, it worked well. They had the little bar in the corner. Some tables for yeah, the some uh, chairs off to the yeah, side. Yeah, they had a couple rows of chairs along the sides, and they had signs saying "reserved for those with mobility difficulties." Mm, so nice. I think they're trying to be accommodating that way. But I saw photos from there today, and they actually had chairs basically set for church. Oh, okay. so I wonder if they had service this morning. Mm, and yeah, just right. The chairs yeah, out. could have. Yeah. Right, because again, the city is still going on while this festival happens. Right, the farmers mm-hmm. market still happened on Saturday. All of that stuff still happened. So um, Outer Edge was, I think, showed its potential for being a nice, big, indoor stage. Mm-hmm. Um, probably couldn't fit 3,000 people in it. No. <laughs> More in the 500 range right. at a max capacity. Yeah. Um, but that would be a great show. You, mm-hmm. you pack that place? Oh, yeah. That would be a great venue. Right. Like last night when Jay Council was on, I oh. mean, even the light show there is is top-notch. It's so it- great lights. Another stage that had great lights this year, and I know it is the company that does the sound that brings this stuff. Um, And so kudos to all of those people, the sound engineers Mm -hmm, for the weekend, mm -hmm. all of you, kudos to you. The Alley Project had outstanding lights. Yeah, that's right. Great sound. They had food truck. They had several kinds of craft beer. Mm-hmm. They had the Dreamwall Project there. I thought the Alley Project really, this is its third year as a venue. They really stepped it up. When Porky's Groove Machine took the stage there Saturday night, a little after 7, there had to have been 1,200 people packed wow. into the alley. Now, I'm not a crowd estimator, mm-hmm. but I, my friend was standing in the middle of that group. He said, we could not move. <laughs> and that was just within the fencing area. There were easily 50 to 100 people just scattered around the fenced-in area. Unfortunately, that was the moment they ran out of beer. Uh, yeah. Uh, so just bad timing. We showed up later. They had replenished the stock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they were out. I mean, they had hit the peak. And my... my friend is the organizer of the Alley Project. He knew that that 6 o'clock show from Iftikhar and the 7 o'clock show from Porky's was going to be the peak. I think they just didn't know how much they'd sell before then. Right. And, I mean, as I say, you hate to sit on a whole bunch of leftover beer, mm-hmm. um, so you got to just plan it. But, yeah, it's you never quite know. You're never going to get it just right. Yeah, I, it makes me wonder if they have beer trucks, like cooled beer trucks with kegs on reserve yeah. for the mile. I wonder. I wonder. If they don't, that would be something to think about right. putting into place. I would also saw on social media a wall of kegs <laughs> that was built of the empties from Houdini Plaza wow. after Saturday night. There were easily three dozen Half barrels, Oof. just in this one picture. So that was just from one, right. one beer stand. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, it's still not quite on the scale of Oktoberfest, and mm-hmm. we'll have plenty of time to talk about Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely a lot of beverages being consumed. Um, and a big part of making the mile happen is Stone Arch Brew Pub. Right. They sell a whole ton of beer. Um, obviously, there's lots of options available, but Stone Arch does a great job. Shout out to Steve Lonsway there and the great job he and his team are doing. Uh, if I may, for a second, just go back to what you said about the drinks not as comparable to Oktoberfest, which I think is great, actually, because Oktoberfest, you know you're there to drink. Uh, mile- <laughs> and I would say, Oktoberfest, you know who you are. Right, <laughs> right. Yep, yep. Looking at you, sloppy <laughs> McGee. And uh, Mile of Music, you're there for the atmosphere, the the music, the interaction. Um, and, and, of course, you're going to want to have drinks there, but yep. that's not the main focus. Yeah. So It's interesting to hear that Oktoberfest is now considering um, more 
original music. Mm. Fewer cover bands, adding some more original music to the lineup. So great. Our mile recap becoming Oktoberfest previews. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is our thoughts coming out of mile five. Some of the bands we really loved. Glad you got a chance to listen to them. Some of the venues that we really liked. But again, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you liked. What did you see? Uh, tell us on Facebook or on Twitter. You'll find us at Living in the New or email us livinginthenew at gmail.com Chuck was out with us as well couldn't be with us for the recap uh, but he had a blast we can Mm -hmm, assure you mm -hmm. of that and uh, we look forward to hearing your reactions and um, maybe we'll see you out at Oktoberfest or somewhere else there we go here in northeast Wisconsin be looking for the boys from Living in the New until then uh, enjoy this mile recap and uh, we'll see you real soon Ooh. Hashtag.